up, brothers? Welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton. Hope you're having a great start to the new year. And it's the 5th, so I thought I would come to you this morning. Just um, wanted to, to share some things that are on my heart uh, that uh, I was reading in First Thessalonians that I think will 100% be applicable to you. Like I am, um, I've been deeply convicted about this. And, uh, so I want the word to do his work in me and, uh, by God's grace, may the word do its work in you. So I'm going to dive right in to first Thessalonians two 17 through 20. This is what Paul says. He's right again, writing to the church here. Uh, he says, but since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face because we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us for what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you for you are our glory? enjoy. Like what I love about this, these, just these few verses here, like we see Paul's heart on full display in this letter to the, the church. Like he holds none of his love for these brothers and sisters back. He was torn away from them, but not in heart. He says he was eager with great desire to see them face to face. So what, to me, what is part of what is amazing about this is that when we step back, we know that Paul was a very driven individual. He was driven. He was uh, possessed with this mission to plant churches, to make disciples in places where the gospel had not even been preached. Like he had a vision. He had a vision for getting to Spain. He had a vision for planting churches and, and this consumed him yet at the same time, like he, like each and every individual, every brother and sister were precious to him. Like he was deeply personal with this church and he cared for the small church with just a supernatural love. And so the question that I was thinking about is like, why? Like, why was Paul so passionate about writing this small church that, um, that he had had a part in planning, he and Silas? Why was he so passionate that, he, that even though he couldn't come to them, he sent Timothy back to them to bring a report? Because he eagerly wanted to know, how is the church doing? Like, so again, here's this huge visionary, and yet he's, he's just deeply concerned with the well-being of the church. And it just had me thinking in our day and time, like we put such a great emphasis on these massive mega churches. And we put this great emphasis on growing these churches all over the place, planning multiple, you know, locations, multiple sites, simulcasting pastors in all over the, you know, all over the place. And have we lost some of that personal connection? And so this is what I think. I mean, as I read this, I'm thinking, you know, to ask the question why, and 
in my journal, I'm just writing and I just, this is what I said. I said, because Paul saw his life as a gift from God to be stewarded. Like he was responsible for every word, for every action and every soul that the Lord impacted through his gospel ministry. So that that's, this is the reason why, like Paul was not some traveling preacher who planted and moved on and just kind of left the church to their own devices. No, he knew that testing and persecution would come and that the tempter Satan himself would seek to uproot or kill gospel seeds and growth. And we're, we, you see that later in the letter, like he knows the, the schemes and the devices of Satan within the church. So these people were brothers and sisters to him now, and they had become his hope and joy and crown of his boasting when Christ comes back. Like nothing else mattered to Paul except for the faithful finish of their very lives to the praise and the honor and the glory of God. That's what mattered to Paul was not how many people, you know, um, prayed a prayer, not how many people filled out a invitation, not how many people joined the church. He was ultimately concerned about the faithful finish of their life. So we see that in second Timothy, right? When he says, I finished the race, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. He wants the same thing for these believers. And I love what Richard Phillips says, uh, this, this is what he says. He says, Paul saw himself as bound up with his converts, not only in terms of the service that he offered to Christ, but also in terms of his own salvation. They were fruits of his labor and of Christ's grace in his life. And Paul looked forward to presenting them firm and steadfast in the faith when Christ returned. So this is what he also says. So it will be for every other believer each according to our gifts and calling that the stewardship entrusted to us in marriage, in families, in the church, and in the world constitutes the precious opportunity we have to glorify Jesus Christ and present him at his coming with the harvest yield he deserves from our lives. So brother, when I read that, and I was looking at this passage and thinking about Paul's passion Man, I just started asking myself, like, such urgency. Lord, am I living with such urgency? Like, he's consumed with being a good steward of the life he's been given. And honestly, if I look at it, even, even though I'm not wrestling and struggling with pornography and masturbation, like, there is great need for improvement in in my life, in this urgency, in taking seriously what God has entrusted to me. Like, I don't want to waste it. And I don't want you to waste it. I was just talking with a brother, um, a guy that, that, uh, I help, I've been helping with this, uh, issue of pornography and masturbation. We were just talking about, um, just setting patterns and um, creating schedules because he has a lot of downtime after work and he's, he lives alone. He's single. 
you know, and, and just the great need to be serious, like think seriously and not just waste his time. He's like, you know, typically between this and this hour, I would just, you know, maybe grab a couple of beers out of the fridge and I would sit in front of YouTube and I would watch YouTube and, and drink until I just kind of felt, felt okay. And so what he was doing was avoiding, avoiding the very things that he needed to address in his life. Like he needed a sense of urgency. He needed to get serious about his life in Christ, about like battling porn. And so he's, he was even talking to me about like, like I'm for the first time, I'm actually seeing this as war and that's what it is. And with war, there's a sense of urgency. Like Paul wasn't resting. Paul wasn't you know, just, oh, well, I've done that and I'm moving on. No, Paul was, was, had a sense of urgency about his everyday life because he knew at the second coming of Christ, he was going to stand there and say, Lord, this is what you gave me. And this is what I've done with it. Like by your grace, you enabled me to present this to you. This is my life. So like just in Paul, I see such urgency such passion like he wanted to see the glory of jesus on display through other people and so where do i fall short like i just like there's too many ways to count like so this what does this require it requires a careful consideration of god's calling on my life i have to look at the resources he's given me the gifts he's given me like, I need to look at his clear and defined, revealed will in the word of God. And then there's another part of his will that I must seek and ask and knock for. Like, I know what he wants when I look at scripture. I can see the, the type of life he desires me to have, the disciplines he desires me to have. And then there's another, like, will that is... Like, what do I need to be doing, Lord? Like, with the gifts you've given me, how, do, how does this play out in my everyday life? And so he's given me a family. He's given me a son, a daughter, a wife, the relationships to steward. I'm going to present them along with my own life to God. And so how can we have a sense of urgency like Paul? And this is what I wanted to, to talk to you about because like the guys who are struggling with porn and masturbation, we have to admit that it's very, very simple. Once you get in a state of flow is what it's called. When you're looking at porn and masturbation, literally hours will pass by and it seems like just moments. It's like you, you get so entranced. And, and to me, when I was looking back at my life and thinking about my life in porn and masturbation, it was like, that was the biggest waste of time. Like you talk about waste of time. Like that's, it's not just sitting and watching TV. It's literally killing me from the inside. And so I'm going to read you a quote from a book that I also, I was reading last night called 33 strategies for war. And I'm reading this book because I want men to wake up and go to war. 
I want men to wake up and go to war. And yes, this is a secular book, but I think it has things that we can all learn from. So this is just this part that I read last night. And I was like, yes, this is what we need to think about. This is what he says. He says, death is impossible for us to fathom. It is so immense, so frightening that we will do almost anything to avoid thinking about it. Society is organized to make death invisible, to keep it several steps removed. That distance may seem necessary for our comfort, but it comes at a terrible price. And that price is the illusion of limitless time and a consequent lack of seriousness about daily life. We are running away from the one reality that faces us all. He goes on to say, you are your own worst enemy. You waste precious time dreaming of the future instead of engaging in the present. Since nothing seems urgent to you, you are only half involved in what you do. The only way to change this is through action and outside pressure. Put yourself in situations where you have too much at stake to waste time or resources. If you cannot afford to lose, you won't. Cut your ties with the past. Enter unknown territory where you must depend on your wits and energy to see you through. Place yourself on death ground where your back is against the wall and you have to fight to get out alive. So what does this mean for us? Like the fact that we continue to go back and back and back to porn and masturbation is proof that we are living in this illusion that we have a limitless time. And so I'm excited to get further into first Thessalonians because I know that he's going to talk more about the coming, the second coming of Christ, because he wants the church to see there is urgency. Like we must live with urgency, but instead of living a life of urgency, we live a life of sedation where we sedate with social media, we sedate with TV, we sedate with food, we sedate with sports on top of pornography and masturbation. And it's we're we are fooled with this illusion of limitless time. And therefore, we have a lack of seriousness about our daily life. Nothing seems urgent to us. Nothing. Nothing. Like, and he says the 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 best way to deal with this is to like put yourself in a position where you have to win. Like there's no going back. And so he tells in the, in the book, he tells of several different stories about how this plays out in military, military terms and life and like in different wars. And, um, but what about us? And I would say, brother, you are at war. And if we're not taking it seriously, guess what? Nobody's going to take it seriously. And at the end of our life, our one precious life, we're going to stand there with nothing in our hands. Like Paul is saying, you are our glory and joy. You are our crown of boasting before the Lord Jesus at his coming. He was determined not to show up empty-handed before Christ. And if you're a believer in Christ, if you have placed your faith in Christ, then you also have a responsibility. 
to be a steward of what he's given you. And if, if you're listening to this and you're probably listening to it on a mobile device, then I know that you have incredible opportunities all around you. Like I have been in the most remote parts of the world and their opportunities are vastly different than yours. And so I'll bring all this back to this passage that um, came to my mind when I read that from the book, 33 Strategies for War. And it's in Psalm 39. It says, Oh Lord, make me know my end. And what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. That's it. God, show me the, how finite I am and, and how limited my time on earth is. God, don't allow me to waste days, waste weeks, waste years and decades. Guys, what are we doing? Like, I'm praying this for me. Like, Lord, like, you've made my days just a few hand breaths. Like, they're just breaths. My lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely, all mankind stands as a mere breath. He goes about like a shadow. He heaps up wealth and doesn't even know who's going to end up with it. And Lord, now what do I wait for? My hope is in you. That's Psalm 39, 4 through 7. God, I pray that you give the men listening to this podcast a deep, deep, deep sense of urgency. First, to go to war with themselves. To be committed, committed, not just interested, committed to getting well, doing whatever it takes, whatever is necessary. If that means telling their wives, telling their best friends, whatever the case is, God, put that in their heart. Lord, you show them, you present the opportunity. And then I pray, God, that you, by your spirit, would give them courage to speak and not to be silent. Too many men are wasting away and wasting their entire lives in silent suffering with pornography and masturbation, all the while shaking hands at church and acting like everything is okay and everything is fine when it's not. And you know, God, like you know. And, and at the end of our lives, God, we're not, we don't get to fool anybody. We're not fooling you. We're not shaking your hand and saying, oh, I'm good. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, great. Everything's great. No, Lord, everything will be laid open and bare before you. And God, we desire to honor and glorify you with our lives. Like every day is an opportunity, Father, to be a steward of what you've given us. And I pray, Lord, that these men who are listening, those who are struggling, would see this, see life as an incredible opportunity to use the gifts and the resources, the money, the time, the families that you have entrusted us with to, to help others, to glorify your name in others' lives so that you would be magnified 
and glorified and praised at the coming of Jesus Christ. Got to pray all of these things or just create in us a sense of urgency to be good stewards of the grace that you've given us at home, at work. Create in us a pure heart, God, along with this sense of urgency. All of these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, brothers. Guys, I hope you all have an incredible, incredible rest of your week. Whoever's listening, whatever you're listening, it doesn't matter if it's years from now and you're listening to this, <laughs> which who knows. But I praise God for um, for you. And if I can ever do anything for you, reach out to me, Spencer at Natural Porn Killer killers.com all right no it's killer it's natural porn killer spencer at natural porn killer.com all right brothers i'll be back with another episode at some point not really sure when but uh you can count on it i'll be back